I want to come bring it back to the um, book for a moment because I know there's a section in your book where you was talking about like you did a Ironman marathon or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know if you guys know, but look, this is what a this competition consists of. Let me know if I'm off on anything now. From my research, this consists of a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike run, and a 26.2 mile run. Now, are those measures That's right, sound yeah. about right? And now, my 26 question: 26 miles for people that know is a marathon. So essentially, you finish this off with a marathon. Jesus, like that's crazy. Now, how in the world did you build your mind and your body to do something like that? And how did it impact your life afterwards? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, you know, takeaway just for is that, yeah, that's a hard thing. And so I use it as an example, but I re-engineered it so that it was fun for me. Mm. Right. And so, again, I think, you know, this isn't going to, you know, I think all of us have different ways we want to live our life. But if you want to live your life more joyfully, you know, here's my suggestion and that is I unpacked it to do it in a way that fit me, right? You have all of these gurus and and fitness folks saying, you know, you got to grind it out and work out this many hours. And it's more of like this, you know, exercise and sacrifice, right? I was like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. just carved my own path on the side. I was like, okay, what is it? You don't want to do the absolute minimum because that can break, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, then you're really rolling the dice like, Oh, okay. So, I did the absolute minimum. Hopefully this works, right? But what's enough where the odds are in my favor that I'm going to do it? Right. And also, how can I create this training so that each one's enjoyable? So for running, it was running with friends because I love that. Or running mm. with music, you know? Yeah. Mm. Like, especially now with exercise, um, <laughs> I'm a product of the 90s, so I, I like, you know, rap from that era but mm-hmm. i don't like the lyrics for my kids to hear right so right. <laughs> I, I look forward to you know training with that and that makes it enjoyable right right, right. so i add that element of fun so that you know the work gets done mm-hmm. um for biking i hated i didn't even like biking with people one i got scared that i was going to run into them mm-hmm. two i didn't yeah. really I, so i bought a contraption that essentially turned um, biking. This was way before Peloton, by the way. For, mm-hmm. for, it was 2004. So there was this thing uh, I had to buy it used because it was expensive, but um, called a Compu Trainer that essentially turned your bike into a Peloton, which at the time mm-hmm. was pretty, you know, novel because right, like, right. Peloton was 10 years away. So right. here I was, you know, essentially playing a video game to, you know, train on the bike. And for the swim, it was new, so it was novel. So. I, I, that, that was all that. And then I realized I was never going to do it for time. Right. So I Mm -hmm. took that burden off me. I was like, the only outcome I'm going to worry about is actually finishing the race. And so Mm -hmm. I figured out what are sort of the buffers that I need so that each section gets done, but that I never feel this sense of like, okay, I need to do it for this time. And so flipping all that, you know, it basically became a bowling choice for me, you know, yes or no, mm-hmm. am I going to do it or am I not? And so I solved for just getting it done rather than, you know, making it over complex, uh, overly complex rather. And mm-hmm. because of that, I, en- I enjoyed the whole process. Like awesome. one, because I love music so much, one of the wacky things I did, I don't, you know, I didn't put it in the book because that story got too long, but um, I essentially set up speakers on my bike. Um, they won't allow you to wear headphones rightfully because you can't hear traffic, right. you know, so it puts you in danger. And I was like, but there's nothing in the rules about, you know, and no one would do that because all these guys are so crazy right. about their time. Like, yeah. you know, the speakers add uh, friction and, uh, you know, like, 
yeah, yeah, probably like added a couple seconds to my bike ride. Mm -hmm. I could care less because I was booming music like the whole, you know, it was 11 hours on this stupid thing. Jesus. You know, and so um, getting to listen to music and just the smiles of people that, uh, you know, going by. Yeah, inevitably passed me because I was slow. (laughs) Um, But they were like, what? You know, and so just like getting a little giggle in too, man, it, you know, made the whole thing fun for me where, you know, other folks like, I mean, they're crazy enough. You know, this is all on the internet. They're crazy enough. They just, you know, pee in their, right. you know, because they don't want to stop, you know, because they're, again, they're trying to shave off seconds. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, but I think, so here's an amazing hard thing that only very few folks do, but mm-hmm. I think anyone could really do it if they approached it in that way. And they're, I mean, it's a good metaphor for life where we all tend to think we have to be martyrs to do the hard stuff, right? right. And like, you don't. You know, there are a lot of examples of folks out there having fun and and enjoying it, but it also does require to see how can you decouple the outcome focus that isn't necessary for what you're trying to achieve. Right. So what type of impact you think it did it have an impact on your life afterwards after you did achieve it and then made it fun as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was like, I essentially can do anything I put my mind to. Yeah. Big time. I think that's what those, you know, we call big, hairy, audacious goals can do. right? Right. Like. You get past it and you get past it on your own terms, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, there um, you go. Then, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, you, you look at the people that are having fun, right? Like the, the first person that came to mind is Steph Curry. Like how everyone's like, no, you shouldn't, ah. you, you shouldn't shoot three. Th- you know, you're ruining the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can tell he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out there having fun. He's having and a win, ball. Winning <laughs> games, right? Yeah. And like, yet all the critics like, well, that's not how it, you know, those, that's not how basketball was invented. Like, what does that even mean? Right. Right. You know? And so I would like back to the Ironman story, like what? You're not supposed to put a boom box on your bike. <laughs> right. No one told me I couldn't. Yeah. And right. you made it fun for you. And yeah. now I got to know the nineties rap, like, come on. What was it? You got What was kind of like your top three in your nineties rappers? Like you maybe listen to, enjoy, listen to. Um, well, Beastie Boys is one of my favorite bands. Okay, yeah. Band. yeah. And then uh, probably Tribe and Method Man. Because got to, okay. uh, my wife and I, when we, when we first met, actually, um, Method and uh, um, and Red Man were doing uh, uh, videos in there. Yeah. So we got to meet him. He was cool. Oh, you Ooh. met him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Oh, was wow. like at a show or like? No, he was shoot, shooting his video. Um, Get out of here. I forget which song it was because Meth and him have done a few, mm-hmm. um, but it was one they were doing together. And we didn't get to meet Meth and Man, but we got to meet Red Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I still like Jay Z um, quite a bit. And, you know, yeah, that's about like I, you know, Dre and Snoop Dogg, obviously, yeah, but yeah. I've listened to it so much when I hear it now, right. you know? And then, <laughs> um, you know what? So, like, I really, really like DJ Quick, you know, because he was a local. You can't uh, let your kids hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, I don't feel like it, uh, not putting out, uh, you know, because I still like it, but I don't like it as much as I did. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that was party music, you know, so I yeah. liked it because. And, it was, and it's crazy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when you hear it, it's like, I can't believe he was saying that, especially back then. Yeah, yeah. And you like, know what I'm saying? Who was his partner that did Vertical Joyride? Uh, I don't. Now that like crazy beat, you know what I'm talking about? I I, I can't I hear think the name. Well, I don't know the name. Right? I can't. Well, you guys are probably a lot younger than me, so I don't. <laughs> understand. I was big in it. Like I was big on the '90s hip hop for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I was born in '86. Okay. Um, '85 for me. '72. So I got some years. You got a few now. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was a DJ, so um, I you know all that stuff was fun for me. And, yeah. Uh, you know, um, like West Side Connection and mm-hmm. 
you know, um, you know, it was all fun just to see. And, uh, yeah, but you know, just how it came together and the whole history there, you know, it's still being talked about. And like, (laughs) I don't know, have you guys, (laughs) for anyone that's listening, you got it. It it was an SNL skit with Questlove and they um, were kind of lampooning just how ridiculous rap has gotten. So not, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want anyone throwing mud at me, but you got, I, I just, Totally empathized with Questlove. I respect y'all for doing y'all's thing. No, 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 no. See, okay, hold on. You gonna respect this? Check it. Yeet, yeet, skirt, yeet, yeet, skirt, skirt, skirt. Roll up, yeet, drop that, yeet, skirt that, yeet, pop that, yeet. Hey, 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 hey. You never loved me, mom, but I needed you. because it's these folks talking about just how lyrics are bananas now right like Mm -hmm. i feel like it was more you know rap opera back in my day and uh so it was uh who's the um who's the guy that's friends with uh machine gun kelly why am I blocking on his name? He dates all the celebrities. Uh, Pete, Davis. Pete Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Davis. So Pete Davidson was um, <laughs> pretending to be like a modern rapper. And like, so Questlove was asking him like, so who are your influences? And he's like, uh, he didn't really have any, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like kind of talking about like how, how there's no connection. Right. You know, right. Classic hiccup pop. And, yeah. and then uh, they were making fun of Questlove for being on Yo Gabba Gabba. It's just like oh, Lord. the whole skit. Maybe I'll send you the link so you can put yeah, it in the show. I, I definitely it's check it out and just throw yeah. it up in there. And then I, Questlove ultimately gets so upset. He just slaps him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Which is so out of character for Questlove. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dang. It's a great skit. Yeah. I'd be, like, I know a lot of people like, like, cause just like when we say like, it's crazy that they were saying certain things like that and stuff like that. But I kind of like when it comes to music, it's kind of like audio movies to me. Like, yes, I, I see so much craziness in movies and horror and gang violence. And then like with music, it's just like an audio movie as well. Like, so you can expect and anticipate to hear all types of stuff and see, you know, visually, I don't understand how some get so wrapped up in when it's audio. Like it's, it's the same thing. Like you, you're, I hear like some people that just hate rap, but they, they love like soprano movies. Yeah. Something that, like that, that part I get. <laughs> yeah. All the, and that, some of it I think is age related, right? Like mm-hmm. I just, um, I've gotten tired of songs that are about excess and I just don't, mm-hmm. you know, like I look back actually just on the way here, I was listening to dead press and uh, mm-hmm. like those songs have meaning. Right. You know, and, right. And, and like, not, I meant how many times can you hear about, how many cars and change? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's just me. I mean, yeah, totally understand. Your own. Art is art. So if it resonates yeah. with you. Yeah, it has an audience. I'm just not part of that yeah. audience, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't have no problem with people who are part of that audience. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Before we get too far, sure. I want to know how many days it took you to do the uh, the Iron Man challenge. What do you mean? How, like the training? No, like the actual event. Oh, it's the the cutoff is seventeen hours. Seventeen hours. I, I came in eleventh to last, so I finished sixteen hours forty minutes. Man, awesome! That's <laughs> awesome. But like, you did it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's, uh, I think you know, obviously it doesn't attract a huge crowd, but there, there are at least dozens, if not, um, you know, close to a hundred of folks that don't finish. Right. So like, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So even um, shifting gears again. Now, because we, we've been 
faced with a lot of different things. Like you, you're seeing all this, uh, a lot of divisiveness um, currently in this world that we live in. Like events like we're constantly seeing like the Colin Kaepernick thing with NFL. We've seen this. Uh, Joe Rogan went through a little episode where people was dissecting things that he said. And more recently, we got the Kyrie Irving situation where things just went, you know, just went haywire with him. Now, um, no, and and a lot of times we tend to try to pick things apart that someone's saying instead of like literally listening to what they're saying. Like they we so focus on something negative instead of literally what they're saying. Now, when it comes to the fun habit and and your type of ideology, how do you what do you think about those type of events and and how can people kind of like handle those situations better? I don't know that I'm qualified to answer <laughs> that question. <laughs> I mean, I think there's big ideas and. Uh, you know, I would fall back on sharing the wisdom of John Stewart. Like I think, you know, it just requires broader conversations yeah. with groups and a lot of empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it is interesting in the context, you know, I'm gonna sidestep the question, but <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's there's tactical things. Um, and so you need to kinda, you know, pull the meat from the bone is often, you know, what I say. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you look at the broader picture, like, is, is there evil behind it? Right. Or is there good? And so that's right. the lens I tend, but what I will say to at least address it is mm-hmm. that I don't listen to any of that because we're in such a soundbite world. All of that is meant to sort of trigger, you know, an emotional response. And I yeah. just, I, you know, I have kind of this Teflon against doom scrolling now. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I have apps on my phone and on my Chrome browser that block all that garbage. Yeah. I think if it's important, someone will write a piece that shows both sides, you know, so that I can make an educated guess. But every time I fall victim to being like, Oh, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, To your point, like you're not getting the whole picture. And so um, my antidote to that um, is to just not listen to any of it. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I want the reason I asked about it, because I know you had a piece in the book too, about Amar Aubrey. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where, can did, you give us a little Tom, insight did about? Did Tom tell you about that? Hmm? Did Tom tell you about I, that? I heard that you wrote a piece about Ahmad Aubrey. But re- reading book. it here in the studio, I, I had a panic attack because I re- oh jeez, I relived it. Um, so I'll try not to do that here. Mm-hmm. No, but as a runner, that just affected me deeply, and I, um, it, you know, it was during COVID when we had you know as a community of runners, right? Yeah. So transcend race but as someone that was yep. just trying to run and so he's part of our tribe and that happened yeah um try not to cry um yeah you're good yeah so i went to go do it um you know do the run that he was supposed to do because that's you know we'd all kind of got together say that's what we we're gonna do and uh and i fell apart because i you know i was all by myself which you know we were supposed to do right during the pandemic mm-hmm and I didn't know how to process it. I was just like, the world is shitty right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, agree. So um, I think, you know, in that regard, it's a little bit different because you were talking about salient sort of, you know, things that are meant to be provocative and get people pissed off. Right. Like mm-hmm. that was just an atrocity and I was trying to process it myself. Right. And so what I write about in the book is I just, I, you know, I think, you know, it's clear that loneliness, you know, however it comes to you. And I was just feeling lonely in that moment. Cause I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. That, you know, trying to mitigate that becomes extremely important, especially if you're trying to unpack things 
you know, I'm coming at, from it from a white male, right? So I didn't understand it, right. but I had empathy for what was going on and I didn't have, you know, anyone to share it with and I just fell apart, you know? Yeah, yeah. and you said something important there, like he was part of a tribe and that's where I think p- people have to really take the device and the divisiveness away because literally has someone part of your tribe. That don't mean they have to look like you. They don't have to speak like you, you know, all they'd have to do is have some things in common with you. You know, uh, I feel like everything, like all of us should be like literally a tribe and just take away all the, you know, things that try to separate, you know, cause we're, if you really look at it, it's so much more we got in common than we, you know, have differences and also differences just make things better and more interesting learning perspectives and stuff. So, well, and I think that's a good strategy um, again, to get out of <laughs> the weird head space of that moment. But mm-hmm. um, the uh, you know, is how, whenever you're trying to build a bridge, like what is those commonalities, right? Because yeah. we all have them. Like, yeah. again, it goes back to that construct we talked to earlier, good and bad, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. we can, we all have differences and you could celebrate those too. Right. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. you are trying to, to make something more fun, again, to your point, this is a broad based sort of recommendation, mm-hmm. but trying to figure out what that is. So like in the book, it's a little bit different, but it's still social glue. Like, can you s- figure out how, you know, whoever you're trying to engage with, can you start laughing? Right. Cause laughing is like such a neat sort of social cue. Like, Hey, you know, there's something that we can agree on because yeah. we're, you know, enjoying this moment as long as it's not nervous laughter. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, so like, what is it? You know, again, in that case, it was running. You know, unfortunately, that was, you know, you know, something that we shared that ended up being a, this horrible thing. But, uh, you know, again, if you can share something with somebody, it's generally a a great way to start to like build a bond with that person. So yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Gotcha. Uh, I got a question, man. Yeah. Yeah. Please sing somewhere that you might've been on Baywatch. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't on Baywatch. I worked on Baywatch. Oh, you worked on it. Yeah. yeah. So what was your job? Uh, just sweeping the floors, man, man. So <laughs> you were there episode by episode. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a single man? I was a single man. You yeah. dropped, you had to sweep your, your mouth off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> man, I imagine that was a good time. Yeah, it was good. I have two. So right out of college, I was, uh, I started in entertainment and uh, I've, uh, so if you look me up on IMDb, that that was it. And then my next gig was actually working on the movie uh, Life with Martin Lawrence and Eddie Get Murphy. Get out of here. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to meet both of them. I got to meet Bernie Mac. Was, oh my man. God, I wish I could have met. He was like so he was amazing to me. So when I say I met Eddie Murphy and Martin, I was like, oh, there they are. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> but Bernie was cool, man. Like um, he would come and eat, you know, in the tent with all of us. Uh, oh, that's cool. And he was just always cracking jokes. And that dude was solid, man. I mean, mm. rest in peace. Yeah, for sure. Rest yeah. in peace, Bernie <laughs> Mac. Legend. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I mean, you know, there's some people that are just infectious. I think, you know, Eddie is a professional and I get the sense he's a really good guy. You know, mm. like, you don't hear bad things about him. And Martin has problems that I think yeah. people love him, but he's obviously gone through some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but you know, what I know of Bernie is like, he just didn't, you know, he was one of those, I get kind of goes into the last question. Like just everybody he touched, he had this commonality, you know, we're yeah. like, <laughs> you were just rolling. Yeah. You immediately became part of his tribe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. I more people need to be like that. Yeah. yeah. I believe so. Yeah. So like, yeah, what's some of the, uh, 
one of the most fun experiences you can think of that you experienced. It could be like travel or, you know, a time that just comes to your mind like, yo, that was an amazing time. Yeah, I think for me, it's anything that takes me. So I talk about this in the book. I mean, I think you need to live a joyful life, but having these opportunities for spontaneity, um, you know, are what really like those rich moments, right? And so Mm -hmm. one, it was a time where I didn't have a lot of money, but I was like, I would just really want to do this. So I took everything I had um, and I went to Antarctica. And Wow. Yeah, so, and I ended up meeting people that were the same way, like, you know, just kind of these digital nomads that were living paycheck to paycheck, but like, wanted this just crazy experience. And uh, so we all bonded and we're still friends to this day. Mm. And, uh, but you, I think when you go into things that like bright, broaden your worldview, like, right. wait a second, like, the, you know, again, this is kind of get deep, right? But we mm. live in this world that's essentially made up by us, right? Yeah. And so we live in micro environments of it, but we we think the world is, a collection of the ideology of the folks that influence us. Right. 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 And like, even though we're, you know, big concepts like money and government, you know, at the end of the day, they're important constructs to, you know, how we live. Cause we can't live without money, you know, mm-hmm. without rules, people right. do bad stuff. Right. Right. But mm-hmm. we still made all this stuff up. It was yeah. still someone decided, Hey, this piece of paper, mm-hmm. we're all going to agree. Right. So you, you do something that like, kind of connects you either to your own spirituality or nature. In this case, for me, it was nature, but just something that's like, makes you feel small. Right. Like those moments to me are like, you know, cause then you realize your problems aren't as big as, you know, they were right. essentially, you know, created by somebody else. Yeah. You know? So like, true. Yeah. So true. And so th- those are the times I like, cause they, they make time slow down for me. Like, you know, and I'm just realize I'm not as important as I thought I was. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Maybe a little bit deeper than you were looking for, but Oh no, hey, that that was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> have you ever went skydiving? I have, yeah. How was it? Cuz I want to do it. Yeah, so um again, I couldn't afford it here in the states and uh so I I, I traveled for a little bit, you know, backpacking. You, you know, it's a shame again, product of the 90s like there we had this thing, you know, as a student, you could find all these really cheap tickets. You know, they're just mm. uh, and travel hacking's a thing now, but it still requires like you know, being anyways, sorry, I won't get into that. Travel hacking is probably mm-hmm. for a different episode. For you yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I was in New Zealand and in New Zealand, you can't, the, it, it's a lot harder to sue. So jumping was like 35 bucks. Oh, get wow. out of here. Yeah, yeah. At the time in the nineties. Right. Yeah. 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 So pretty what, cheap though. yeah, it was really cheap. And so I wanted to do it enough times that I could, um, jump, uh, pulling my own ripcord and with my own shoe packed. And that was mm. six. And that was about what I could afford. So mm. it was amazing. Man. It was That's awesome. awesome. But the crazy thing, I would suggest doing it twice because, well, if you go tandem, I, I don't think this happens, but it certainly your first jump where you're essentially like telling mm. your brain, I'm going to kill you, mm-hmm. you know, mm. um, you get what's called sensory overload. And I don't remember the first jump. I was just no. so out of my mind. Not enjoying you know? the moment. And they do what's called, um, oh man, what's it called? I think it, you're on a tether because they know that's going to happen, you know? And so um, it's essentially like, a, it's it's not a bungee. It's, a, you know, what you use to wrap uh, your truck when you have boxes and, you know, what's that line that's like, um, it's a tether, right? It's not a tether. I can't think But of you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so um, it pulls your chute for you because- 
you know, you're not gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> and there's still there's a second safety on anyone that jumps that yeah. pulls your shoe anyways if you get too close to the ground. So when you did it, you didn't have a person strapped to you. No, no, I never done tandem. See, what? I, see, I think, see, I think they make the person get back. Yeah, in the states, they've gotten really regulated. Yeah, yeah. and I wow. think. I think you, I, I'm pretty sure it's a couple hundred dollars to jump, right? Because yeah, they, like two fifty or something. They need to buy insurance. He's really been doing his research. He's oh, really, yeah. I'm, I'm going. He's it. really, he's really going to do it. <laughs> it's an amazing. I'll watch. Man. I'm going to watch. <laughs> now nah, come with me, man. Come with me. Now nah, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I can't get my wife to go. <laughs> I would be moral support. But I, I bungee jumped twice too. And you know what was a crazy like a for some reason I don't trust bungee jumping. Well, uh, you shouldn't. It's I, I don't think I'd ever do it again. But it, it was big in New Zealand. And then, uh, but the second time I did it from a balloon and that was bananas. What do you mean from a balloon? The, the from a balloon. From a hot air balloon. Yeah. And so you pull down the balloon. So it's not just that feeling like, so off a bridge, right? You're like, okay, I'm safe. Off a balloon, it keeps pulling the balloon down and you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> it's crazy. It bounces and just, oh yeah, that is wild. <laughs> that is wild. Uh-huh. It sounds very interesting and fun though. It, like when you're given the explanation of it, I want to yeah. go to Antarctica now. Like, like these are definitely in the mindset you have to like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice, you know, my last ability to do something that I want to enjoy. And that's why I think like this book is just so important. Like, so can you tell the people how they can find the book, the fun habit and just how they can, you know, just dive into this um, particular type of, uh, you know, ideology, just making their lives. I appreciate that. Um, so it's available wherever you buy books. So, you know, Amazon, but I always say support your local bookstore if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, you know, write about the science of fun on at michaelrecker.com. And then I know a lot of folks from Greensboro listen to this. If you're a local, I'll be speaking at uh, Greensboro Bound uh, in May. I believe it's uh, from the 19th to the 21st. I don't know when I'm scheduled to go on, but uh, it's a big, uh, you know, uh convention of authors and so yeah you can look that up online but yeah i appreciate the opportunity yeah. to let people know about it absolutely we appreciate you joining us and uh yeah. it's, just, it's just i mean i just it was so impactful from what you spoke about today you know i appreciate your time and I, I just know a lot of people can just gain so much from this book so make sure you tune in make sure you support it uh i know you you have that event coming up i'll put the the date in the description below and all of Mike's information will be directly down below. So definitely follow everything he got going on. He's awesome. So I oh, appreciate thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. So until next time, you guys hold it down. Don't let it hold you. Peace. Peace now. The Highest Point Podcast. More than a pod, it's a lifestyle. lifestyle, lifestyle.